Down in the Flood by Nisi Shaw. I was troubled in my belly. The gods were at it again. Giggling, babbling, and running back and forth through the abode of heaven. Echoes rattled my drums and flutes against the walls where they were hung. A cymbal crashed to the floor. Quiet, kids, I shouted out. Settle down or you'll have to go play in the void. There was a slight lull in the noise. It didn't last long. Soon they were raising a regular ruckus. Anshar, Lamu, Ea, try to keep it down to a dull roar. I sat, curling my tail around my paws. My pin feathers were must. I tried to calm myself, preening with my hands and beak. Ugh, those kids. Sometimes I wanted to wring their little necks. But I told myself, Tiamat, you made them, you live with them. Slowly I calmed down. Nothing like a good preen. I sighed, longing for the old days when it was just me, myself, and I. Salt water, sweet, and the mist that covered them both. But, well, on reflection, maybe it had been a little too quiet. Like now. Too quiet. Too long. What were they up to? I uncoiled my tail, making as little noise as possible. Scales on marble are difficult to manage, though. How was I going to catch them? Should I bother with a shapeshift? No, just a quick flight overhead, and I ought to be able to pretty much tell what was going on. I leapt off my balcony, wings extended. Clouds parted before me, revealing patches of bright blue mixed with starry black. Creation was still a bit formless. I'd have to get around to taking care of that. Soon. I swooped through the sky a couple of times, then circled back over the abode. The gods were in one of the courtyards, just as I'd suspected. They were very busy, lining things up in rows. I glided closer. They were playing with lumps of clay, twisting and rolling them into shapes that vaguely resembled their own. For heaven's sake, I thought, they're making people. You just can't take your eyes off of them, not for a minute. One of them looked up at me, Marduk, Ea's son. He shook his fist at me and shouted to the others. He always was a little jerk, jealous of Kingu, wanted to get in bed with me. Hey, when I want to lie with one of my offspring, I decide who it's going to be. I should have landed and taken care of things then and there, but I don't like to discipline them when I'm angry. That can get awful messy. So I headed back to my apartments, my belly boiling. It was a rough landing. My tail gouged up the alabaster roof pretty bad. I mean, I was really upset. Otherwise, I would have paid more attention to what Marduk had been trying to hide behind his back. I decided what I needed was a bath. A nice, cool bath. The tub was beautiful. I'd made it myself from half a gigantic pearl. I lowered myself into the water, and steam rose up in little wisps. I splashed handfuls over my wings, tried to do some more preening, but it was no good. Instead, I brooded. 
the steam bent and formed itself into the shapes of my thoughts. Dogs. Scorpions. Poisonous lizards. Tax collectors. Imaginary creatures. None of these evil, crawling things existed. Yet. But then in came Marduk, really impressed with himself, just burst into the bathroom. I mean, I could have been doing anything in there. He was all glittering with metal ornaments. He had this big bag in one hand and an oversized fork in the other. His beard was oiled and scented. A couple of smelly drops fell on the floor. Pass me that towel, would you, Marduk? I said, trying to keep cool, but deep inside my guts were just churning. Wretched monster, he said, I will slay thee and end thy foul reign forever. Not only had the gods created humanity, they'd been whipping up some really awful prose. Look, baby, I started to say. He rested his sack on the bathroom floor and began fiddling with the strings that held it shut. That's when I noticed he was wearing Kingu's Tablets of Destiny, the ones I gave him for his birthday. Marduk had them pinned to his chest, pretty as you please, which meant only one thing. Kingu was dead. I surged up onto my haunches. Water splashed out all over the floor. I didn't care. Marduk! I shouted. Where is he? What have you done with your baby brother? He muttered something and kept working at his knots. Speak up! I hissed. And you look me in the eye when I'm talking to you. What happened? He darted a nervous glance at me. Aeus said we had to have the blood for the... to make the people right. What water there was left in the tub boiled away that instant. My anger rose up uncontrollably like hot, reeking vomit. It poured through my beak and splashed out on the tiles. Tiny yapping dogs, scorpions, monsters formed, coagulated, then fled as others, even more vile, appeared out of my roiling gut. Tax collectors, leprosy, legislators, feminine hygiene products... Marduk finally got his bag open. A little wind blew out and sailed around the room. Some of the more loose, abstract things I'd spewed up got splattered onto the walls as the wind whooshed past and out the open door. How was I ever going to get it all cleaned up? Marduk. His face crumpled. He dropped his big fork in his deflated balloon. I'm sorry, Mamu, he said through his tears. It was only supposed to be a game, but then Kingu said you always loved him best. Well, I did, I said. Then I added pragmatically, but I love you an awful lot. It'll just have to be enough. You're not going to, to destroy me? No, this is a big enough mess as it is. An off-white scrap of upchuck skittered by, quick and putrid. Self-involvement. And we've got people, too. You'll have to help straighten things up. That'll be your punishment. What can we do? Well, I said, 
I think it's up to you to invent civilization. Really? Can I? The corners of his mouth tipped up and his eyes lit with interest. I was a long way from forgiving him the death of his brother. Kingu was a sweet god. But Marduk would do a good job of getting things underway. Thanks, Mamu. He picked up his toys and left. Don't forget you've got the Tablets of Destiny, I yelled after him. Use them! As for myself, I really had my work cut out for me getting all that horrible mess back inside where it belonged. I left the bathroom, toweling myself dry. Monsters ran hither and thither throughout the abode of heaven. They were even noisier than the gods. I took off from the balcony again. My feathers were still somewhat damp. They would fluff out nicely if I flew with my pinions evenly spread for a while. And soaring is such a fun way of delaying any kind of action. A squawking mass of scientific objectivism flew past. I sighed. On the other hand, a shapeshift really was overdue. My bivalve format would do the trick, I thought. I flattened and compressed myself into a gigantic clam with a lovely fluted shell. Then I opened myself, and opened, and opened. I encompassed the abode of heaven. I encompassed the clouds surrounding the abode, and the sky surrounding the clouds, and the thoughts containing cloud and sky and abode. I encompassed myself. I became the firmament above the depths below, the great round and its divider, the diameter, diameter, tiamat. Once you know what to look for, you can see me quite clearly, for I am always there, have always been, will always be. Of course, that little jerk Marduk took all the credit. He created everything if you listen to his version of the story. It doesn't matter too terribly much what he claims, though, because I encompass him. This has been a Podcastle Miniature. Down in the Flood was written by Nisi Shaw, a Seattle-based science fiction and fantasy author who helps run the writing workshop Clarion West. She is the author of the short story collection Filter House and of the non-fiction book Writing the Other, which contains guidelines for writers who want to write about characters and cultures that differ from them. Both are available from Aqueduct Press. Down in the Flood has been published twice, first in The Daughters of Nyx, and then in an international pagan magazine, Pangaea. It's read for us by Elizabeth Green Musselman, who hosts a monthly podcast on the history of science, medicine, and technology called The Missing Link, which you can find at missinglink.podcast.com. She's a history professor at Southwestern University, a small liberal arts college in the Austin, Texas area. She's written a book called Nervous Conditions, which is about scientists in the 19th century and their nervous disorders, proving once again that truth is at least as strange as fiction. Visit PodCastle on the web at podcastle.org. Yeah,